It's a new day in the workroom and I am joined by Melanie Morris, contributing editor of Image magazine. And we are continuing our dissection of Drag Race Philippines. If you didn't listen to part one, scroll a bit back in the feed and you'll find it there. It was a really fun chat. We discussed each of the queens and the judges. And in this episode, we're going to get into the individual challenges. So I guess you could listen to this one without hearing the other one, but why bother? So episode one uh was the talent show so you remember this a lot better than i do i actually t- kind of forgot about it because it was the first one i watched um there it was supposed it was t-i-t-e i think was was it supposed to be dick joke or tit joke i don't know anyway, yeah. um who was your favorite that i am um, that's a very good question because I loved Minty for the tenacity of doing exactly what she did. Yeah. With, but, the, with the lasers. Do you know, I actually thought all the talent was pretty shite, to be honest with you. But what I loved about it was seeing them then versus them towards the end. So uh, I thought um, one of them did a... And, you know, I, I, I'm trying to remember exactly what everybody did. Um, one of them did a, well, Turing's COVID dance definitely stood in my mind. But one of them did a burlesque dance. Was that Prince? Yes. Did a burlesque dance that actually they were all really mean and disparaging about. But I actually thought it was quite good. Yeah, it except wasn't too bad. <laughs> because there was something, what's, he, what's she going to pull out from behind her? And yay, it was silly string. And then she started eating the silly string. That wasn't the best of ideas. But I thought, do you know what? In terms of putting something together. Now, there was no Anitra's. Isn't Anitra the one walking the duck? Yeah, yeah. There was none of that from season 15. It was an awful lot more basic. But as I said before, I love a talent show because you just get a good idea of the lie of the land. I thought um, Silhouette's painting something in Invisible Ink, painting her granny. That was a bit ridiculous. And the news reading we've already discussed, um, and Corazon doing the splits on the on the on the stair on the two steps. I'm sorry, I'm stools. still back with the granny because it wasn't even that good of a painting. It was like it was really like I guess it was kind of anime in like inspired painting. But like if we if we stay in the realm of Filipino drag and think of Manila Luzon and All Stars Four and that brilliant paint and she, oh it turned upside down it's actually a jug you know mm. that's that's the caliber I wanted it to be and, and even to the same regard Precious Paul and Nicole did a folk dance which I could tell I figured was similar to the dance that Raja gave us in the All Winter season but not as but good not. and I was like oh I'm kind of disappointed now that like. The action, not that Raj is not Filipino, but like mm. grew up in America all her life. But like the person who's been living in the Philippines all their life didn't do as good of a job as Raja. I guess Raja is just a legend. So yeah, it was kind of like nodding to other Filipino contestants, but not doing as good of a job. What I thought was good was that there weren't too many lip syncs because a lip sync is a waste of a talent. What would you do for your talent team? Oh God. Uh, <laughs> I'm... I probably would do some sort of dance thing, like a, like to the lip sync, probably, because would you be a touring? Would it be an interpretive <laughs> modern dance? I don't know if I have the balls. I probably <laughs> just do a lip sync number and 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 hope for safe because comedy never lands, and it's so hard to do comedy and those sort of things. Not that I could do stand up, but I could probably have my like, have a go at a bit of improv, or I'd love to do even like even like the sk- <laughs> the skit. I could you know 
host a podcast or something like that, it would fall flat in its face. But I could try. <laughs> you have one minute to do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean I think you could probably you could probably do a mini roast I think you'd probably get away with that like you like I could probably go speak to some stand-up comedians get a roast for whoever the judges are going to be rattle through the roast and then leave and try that that would be a very good idea that'd be a very good idea <clears throat> yeah um, episode two then so actually so in the grand scheme of talent shows that's really weak we think very weak but good for variety and a good way to get to know the queens and i think a much better um challenge uh for week one than having some sort of fashion related one i agree i agree because i think you just take out the um the one queen who can't sew and like they could have given you so much else somewhere else so yeah i agree speaking of one queen who can't sew i loved was it shay coulee who did the one minute to make the dress uh, Raja yes <clears throat> yeah that was amazing that was, that was amazing. amazing that one stands out in my mind uh, episode two was they have to uh, make uh, Eleganza look for Sagala which is a a sort of um, I guess it's a look but it's also what's they call like a it's like an arch over your head whatever um, yes that, I loved the arches more than the looks in most yeah, of them that are associated with the Flores de Mayo festival in the Philippines so they had to basically make it out, make a look out of flowers which I feel has been done in the US but I can't think of which season there was a flower ball but it makes it sounds like there was a flower ball but I think fun. they've done most things in the US yeah. at this stage though haven't yeah, they definitely um, fun challenge and I think I think other than Venus, I think a lot of them are mediocre. Um, the looks people designed for these. Like, I think Venus's was head and shoulders amongst the rest, above the rest. But I think the interesting thing about that challenge was Corazon won a 15-second head start. Corazon is a costume designer. And Corazon, A, didn't take enough foliage to make an outfit. And B, went against the rules which Jiggly pointed out to her and lost the blinking challenge and lost the, you know, was out. Yeah, and they kept saying in Untucked as well, like the three girls who were in the top uh, was a Turing and and um, and Venus and whoever else was the third one weren't sewers and they ended up in the top as well, which I, you know, I mm. appreciate that the, the judges weren't like being biased towards you know, sewers or whatever. So I thought that was kind of good. I remember like um, even Silhouette's one wasn't wasn't great as far as I remember as well. It was a bit all over the place. So I think at the beginning, legend. Silhouette, because Silhouette isn't a woman for a sequin or a bit of sparkle or any of those things. I think at the beginning when everybody else was being a little bit extra, Silhouette just looked like the goth older sister. Yeah. <laughs> Slumped <laughs> in a corner. Well, is, there's definitely a meme of like, you know, dressing up for Halloween and everyone goes as bunnies and then someone's there as Wednesday Adams or something like yeah. that. You know, that. That was That's silhouette. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, but I think overall a good challenge, I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, did, did it well. Episode three was the special... Oh no, there was a mini challenge which was a roulection, which I thought was a strange way to go to basically make them all rate each other. I, I was like, I don't know what the purpose of that was. I guess mm-hmm. like... It set up... Um, and didn't bring a ding, 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 ding. Come Get last. the bottom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then they did the girl group challenge, which I guess was a good way to, like, the queens at the bottom end up doing better or whatever. So, but like... Can I ask group... you, Keith? Yeah. Sorry, I was going to say, that girl group challenge, 
they came out and they did their bits. I actually always love the girl group challenge because I love really, really disposable pop. And I the, the, the songs are just great. The bit that they did at the end against each other, is that the first time they've introduced that sort of choreography um, into well, the girl groups? In Canada season one, the whole girl group challenge was this kind of dance off between the two of them. Oh, yes, you're right. Do you remember what was the name yes. of the song? I always remember Scarlet Bobo, her looks are a no no. Remember that was that line from Boa? And they were like, uh... <laughs> "All I can remember is UK Hug." Uh, yeah, <laughs> well, was a, it, it was. It was. It was basically playing on how polite the Canadians are, and they were reading each other. But then it was like, "Oh, thank you," or something. I can't remember. I have to look it up. It was good though. But yeah, they've done it there before. Um, I loved that. I just think it worked really, really well. I loved the choreographer in this series. He was the most terrifying man <laughs> in the whole wide world. <laughs> like guaranteed to forget all your dance moves with that fella absolutely yeah. on your case all the oh, time absolutely. he was a little sergeant major wasn't he <laughs> yeah, absolutely flex foam girls did a great job i think like as girl group challenges go this is like their performance was was pretty good do you know i thought it, was, it, it it held up well against the other international franchises yeah and i loved that the underdogs won yeah Exactly. And I, I guess as an episode, that was a great narrative as well, do you know? Yeah. You actually found yourself rooting for Brigadine for a moment. Oh, sorry, the feckin' Egypt. No, honestly. And there he was choosing, she was choosing her team. And you're going like, you had ever. And remember at the end, where she, or, while they were putting the whole thing together, she delegated all the decision making. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like she couldn't <laughs> even run a team. No. No, she oh. Couldn't. No. Anyway, hooray for the underdogs. So we learned what OPW was, um, mm-hmm. overseas Filipino worker. Not the Office of Public Works. No, <laughs> which I deal with in my other life as a, as a <laughs> construction. Uh, but we know, ne- I never, I don't remember what OPM was for the OPM divas. I can't remember. That's drilling down into too much detail for my poor brain. And they were singing, they were like, we are the opium divas. And I was like, this really sounds like opium as if it's some sort of like, you know, fever dream advertisement for heroin. Like it was very strange. <laughs> and I was like, overseas Filipino moms? Yeah, overseas, overseas Filipino. Who knows? I don't know. Can't remember. I mean, I didn't know who any of these people are, but you know who was I have them all written down: Regina Velasquez, Mora del Torre, Zaza Padilla, Pelita Corrales, Yaya. Um, but I did end up for most of the choreo for that. End up googling who these women did were. Did you? I was intrigued by them. Yeah. And any any thoughts from your? Googling? I was intrigued. Like I mean, I mean, um, Pelita Corrales was uh, Asia's queen of songs. That was who Silhouette was. She seemed really interesting. And of course, Regina, who won 75 over 300 dance challenges. Um, you know, some of them I was like, I actually would like to listen to their music. Marina was Zara Geronimo, who seems to be like the Katy Perry vibe. Mm. So yeah, I was I was interested. And some of them were, a lot of them actually were like, um, you know, so-and-so, I think it was maybe it was like you were in that Moira del Toro. She was like the voice of Elsa in Tagalog Frozen. Or I think Sharon Cunetra was like the voice of Mulan 
in oh, right. Tagalog. I would sing, you know, would sing the Tagalog version of Reflection on some stuff. So a lot of them seem to do that sort of Disney voiceover work. Keen, I think you're going to have to get over to the Philippines because you are so full of popular culture and everything now <laughs> that you would be able to so converse excited. like a native. <laughs> You'll have to learn the gay Absolutely. Filipino language, though. <laughs> I will, I will. I'll let you know. <laughs> so I thought, like, I think ultimately that, that challenge was, was lost on me because I didn't know who any of them were. I think you were probably the same. Um, yeah, I mean, I... But I appreciated it as, like, you know, as, like, a Divas Live musical. I, I appreciate the idea, but it was lost on me. Totally lost on me. But so is, oh, the thing that they keep bringing back into, no, it's in Series 15, Windy something or others. Oh, yeah. God, why can't I remember that? They basically did a second one for Series 15. Did they do one in Series 14 or Series 13? The Dakota Dakota wins, wins, no. Dakota wins or whatever. Yeah. You know, I don't think it's funny. Like, it's it goes on too long. It's an in-joke that I'm not really buying into. And, you know, I wish I thought of the old fast forward. <laughs> but as they say we move yeah we do we do move to episode six which was snatch game now you know people who listen to the show will know that i put on a version of snatch game with the dublin fringe there last year yes and it was an hour long and to be honest this felt like it was just a live unco- unedited version of what was in the room because i was like Wow, like I think we got eight questions. It just went on forever. It really did. Now I have to say that was the start of my looking at Brigadine's eyeshadow. Because the character that she was playing had these deep set eyes that she'd made up in a certain way. And that shadow seems to go through whether Brigadine is being glam or whether Brigadine is being comedy or whether Brigadine is being somebody else. So that was the only thing I found of interest there. I did think Silhouette's woman was brilliant. I think she's a dermatologist or plastic surgeon or something like that. Yeah, she was a dermatologist, yeah, Dr. Vicky Bella. And I thought that was quite funny. I thought Silhouette, I thought what was clever was Silhouette underplayed it. Yeah, and I thought, I thought um, Venus was really fun as that lady who I didn't know like what was her name? <laughs> that Chris, lady I didn't know Chris Aquina mm. um, I kind of felt like I knew who she was and then like I kept telling that it wasn't going well for her because people were like you know oh she keeps interrupting Silhouette how rude blah 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 and I was like she's just trying to play with Silhouette Silhouette was just yeah. not having any of it but then she changes into that boy Abunda guy who ends up being the, the judge. judge in the last episode I know. Yeah. does everyone know that um, the joke's on him Boy, do you know yeah. that they were just pissed out of me a few weeks ago? <laughs> I still thought he was doing a good. That, 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 sorry, that, that Venus as, as mm. boy was was a good impersonation, but I don't know. They just didn't Venus seem to like is it. just a brilliant actor, actress, player, mimic. You know all of those, and that's why you want Venus in your party bus for your stag or your hen. Venus would be the crack. Because I loved her Zaza Badila in that challenge, and actually we missed the challenge in episode five, which was. The improv challenge as the queen bitchy of all time improv where they're all given personalities. Yeah, no, didn't like that. And she was given nervous. And I thought whenever she came out, I thought she's such a good job because she was like, oh, God. And so like you could see the anxiety that she'd like trip up as she was leaving the stage. I thought it was great, but they were like, oh, no, we felt it was like, you know, you weren't committing enough to the character. And I thought that was bullshit. I thought she was one of the best in that one. Well, now, when we got to that episode, that was the episode that if I wasn't watching this, for the pod I would have given up 
because it was getting too in joke. It was getting, you know, I think it's just the fact that we had, um, you know, the 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 characters, the local characters that you did the, your research on, followed by um, the improv the challenge pageant, and then followed game, by which the was more people we game, didn't know. Yeah, exactly. Which, which there wasn't even one Paris Hilton. Like I was kind of looking at the snatch game going, will somebody do Donald Trump? Will somebody do any of them? Share. It doesn't matter. Somebody do somebody I know. And then I can get back into this again. But it was all just getting a little bit too localized for me. And I think that's a pro- I think that's a pity because it doesn't matter what territory it is. You're ghettoizing yourself if you don't keep it international to a certain level. I mean, I definitely think that is a problem. But I also think like good a good snatch game, you don't need to know who it is. Like look at little Edie, for example. Like I, I, No, I don't you don't need to, you don't need to know who everybody is. No. But you need a little bit of skin in the game. You do. You, well, you want it, all right. But like, like, I think Marina did a good job with her, with her Gloria. What was her name? Gloria Alofo or something like that. The former president. And I was like, okay, like I'm getting yes. who this character was. And, you know, that she, you know, I, I'm learning about her through this Snatch Game performance, which I think when you don't know who it is, means it's a sign of a good one, you know? Yes, that is a very, very good point. However... Yeah. You still you want grateful. your Paris yeah. <laughs> but we moved on. You want your Patrick Star or something like that. Some other Filipino yes, image. and actually, and that's why, and again, I loved it when we started getting into the looks that were more universal. I loved, I think it was episode, episode four when we got the pearls. Uh, yes, you're right. Well, no, well, you know, so I loved it when it started to being something that it was something we were all able to compare and contrast mm. and appreciate. Yeah, because so I think it you, was the same. As with, a style... Mm. No, journalist, were you familiar with the turno? I wasn't familiar with the turno. I wasn't familiar with any of it at the beginning, um, as I don't think most people who wouldn't be Filipino would be. Um, and, you know, I can appreciate, you know, the work that went into it. But I, you know, we come on to Drag Race to look at the looks. But I guess like the turno was that tradition, you know, as a traditional Filipino dress, I was like, I like that, you know, I'm learning. It's like if if there was like, you know, a runway about Irish dancing clobber. Like, like uh... I think, yeah, but I think there's more room to be witty and creative when it's pink or when it's pearls or whatever. I just think it gives just a, a wider, a wider platform for interpretation. Yeah, no, you're probably fair. I'm probably fair about that. Um, on to episode seven. This was the ball. Where they had to do two looks. Yes. One was shopping couture and the other was the design challenge based on items Correct. from a shop from called Divisoria. I kind of wanted there to be a third third challenge to this, you know, as I a, agree. As a traditional ball. I would have loved a sort of, you know, a cor- they usually throw in a corporate one or something. If it's not beach, it's corporate or whatever. And it just mixes things up nicely. I loved this one. Um, and I especially loved the the spendy. Of course, I would. Uh, I've been with Image for so long. Yeah. We love a little bit of oat. But I loved. Was it Marina Summers who did the red and gold? Um, there was one remember. look that was very expensive, red and gold. The first look was the kind of the Louis Vuitton one. All of them were gorgeous. I really, really, really enjoyed it. And I actually enjoyed the thrifty one. Oh, you're well right. Yeah, Marina one. Summers did do like red and gold, like almost like the yeah. colours of the Chinese flag or whatever. I think Chinese money was, and everything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think actually was supposed to be 
tied to her heritage in China, I think it was supposed to be all right. Yeah, that was brilliant. And I think that was the one that Marina Summers started uh, focus, you know, I started noticing her at that stage because up until then she'd been a player in the drama with um, Silhouette for me. You know, she'd, she'd been more of a storyline queen as opposed to somebody who was a one to watch. Um, and I loved her look in that. Yeah. So that was pretty good. And I think at that point, whatever was how it started, I felt like the the, the average of the looks wasn't great, but the looks got better and better as the season went on. Yeah. And I was like, how are they all pulling out these expensive looks at this stage, the competition? <laughs> I know. I was wondering that because, like, if yourself and myself arrived in Drag Race with our wardrobes, right, the temptation to blow your good stuff early. It's like if you're on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire and they go, do you want to use your lifeline or do you want to save it? And part of your head goes, oh, I'll save it for when I need it. And then the other part of you goes, well, I won't get to the stage where I need it if I don't use it. And I would imagine surely it's the same with the limited resources. And will I pull out my Technicolor wig for this or should I hang on to it a bit longer? Well, I always imagine it's like I've only got so much money. I'm going to like you know invest in these three runways. I kind of have something for this one, so I'll mm. be fine, and I'll spend my big buck on two, three, and four. But then mm. you get there, and like two, three, and four aren't until the end, and you end up having a row of the ones that you didn't invest any money in, and then everyone thinks you've got shit runways. You go home, so I think yeah. it's also how it falls. Do you know, <clears throat> taxi for Prince, taxi for Prince. <laughs> Uh, episode 8 was the makeover challenge I feel we kind of touched on that in a good bit of detail uh, it was good to see Patrick Starr there in that episode um, sorry do you know Patrick Starr is so bloody clever it cost him nothing to get in on that like if you think about it if you think that the 20,000 pesos for the uh, reading challenge it's 331 euro if Patrick is stumping up for that like but like that was but they were a sponsor for the whole thing because every episode is sponsored by that one one size cosmetics but i don't and kulu or something like that powered by kumu yeah the biggest tech app lady morgana's person asked about that one i'd say but like the (laughs) (laughs) the payment app yeah kumu they seem to be the one who's who's front on the the one million pesos yeah so patrick star it probably like of all the drag race franchises to sponsor I think maybe yourself and myself could afford to sponsor Filipina Philippine too. Image magazine and Sissy That Pod will be uh, the the the, the sponsors it. for season two. The three hundred and thirty-one pesos yeah. will be our euros will be rolling out of us. <laughs> um, now the last two episodes were a bit strange, right? Because episode nine was basically the finale episode because they did a music video to champion they had to do two looks in the video which were one was a boxer one was dripping in gold the dripping gold i think we saw for about five seconds so i was going to say if you'd invested in that as one of your key looks raging. you'd be fuming raging. Yeah. i wrote beside my notes r.i.b dripping in gold because i mean yeah there you go except then, for minty fresh doing rude things with a bit of a did you see that when she was in her gold there was something phallic going on with a pole or something. And that's basically all you saw her in her gold outfit, licking the pole like licking something pole. out of Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> <laughs> then the other runway, one was, so this is for the, 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 that charo, uh, the, the, the word, the charo of fire, that word that means mm. just joking. Um, 
one was LED Let There Be Light, which I thought was brilliant. Yeah, uh, for it. everybody, and then come in your best drag, which was also brilliant for everybody. It was yeah. like two, like all of a sudden these five queens were, were, it's like they went away and like you know spent a week getting looks and came back again because they like ten brilliant looks. Everything was elevated, and now I mean, poor El Precious, she was still not at the races in comparison to the others in terms of looks. She did a damn good job, but I mean the others had stunning stunning looks yeah 100 percent. i loved marina's lamp i was I l- about to say that was like incredible yeah i thought that was great i mean i precious's led light i didn't think was that bad uh, well, the led one was kind of like a was like is that a the cone? one where she ate the candy floss at the end yeah yeah candy floss one but her best drag was like this you know kind of a Madonna in the music era style cowboy hat and denim booty thing it wasn't great. No, didn't like that at all. Um, where did the dress with the banana leaf come into it? Was that in the final? The dress with the banana leaf. What's that? Best drag. The but uh, the was it banana leaf? There was a was sort a of a white ball gown, and then it had all of these folds. Oh, and someone said it was made from um, recycled material. Was that recycled? Eva? Was it recycled banana something or whatever? I'm getting it completely wrong here, but I thought that was stunning. There were some amazing looks in that. Oh, that um, was episode. that was silhouette. That was in the final episode. So there's basically like a mini ball in the last episode, and then they do their key. No, they there was. That's right. Key. Yes, I'm getting ahead of myself. You're dead right. Yeah. But they they kind of felt like the same episode. It was all sort of strange. So they did basically what you normally do in the finale, which is the kiki, like we mentioned, and you know, chat to your younger self, and then they do a lip sync, and then they send Minty Fresh home, and then they bring them back for like a mini ball, and then they do a lip sync smackdown, and so in that mini ball they have to do a camp. They then do camp drag and then they do an indigenous extravaganza and in the indigenous extravaganza silhouette did a white gown asymmetric gown which was made from yes. banana leaves I think or ba- woven banana something or Sk- other yeah something there like were that. two dresses made from the same fabric because her camp look was share and it was that was amazing yeah, that was really really smart but again that smacked to me of a completely different designer and a completely different aesthetic to all the kind of I was kind of thinking she was a bit sort of Roland Murray Victoria Beckham silhouette for the first few all of these kind of bodycon dresses really plain maybe a nude panel in the center very sophisticated lovely but the kind of thing your very glam auntie would wear to a wedding as opposed to then she got into the high shoulders and then she kind of took off so it was as though as you say that she went away and came back with a whole new wardrobe of stuff yeah I it was very like the it was, for the last episode because remember they mm-hmm. all come out for the lip sync smackdown for the crown and it's like season 10 where they're just like a head and a pair of hands sticking out the side under these mountains of tulle because you clearly tell that there's a reveal underneath the you know? yeah they all came out like i think even precious had her own pillow like under the back of her head <laughs> it was all very strange yes yeah and so did um paolo at the end he came out with something or she came out they came out with some huge big headdress thing it looked uh, like a massive big yes. bow and then it was gone. Yeah, I remember actually I didn't like that down. bow look. I no, actually thought Paolo's I, looks got worse as the season went on. 
except for this episode eight, where he had the kind of the, the cage dress. But I agree. I think Paolo. Um, uh, eight, look- eight, I think, was was the golden like sort of gladiator look. I think. Sorry, that's the one I was thinking of. Oh yeah, okay, great, yeah, okay. A sort of a gladiator. I didn't love the tights on that one. Didn't mind the tights. I didn't like the net curtain fro- uh, skirt. I think we could have lost the net curtain. I loved their, was it an, a blue cracked mirror sort of swimsuity type number? Yes. For the final? Yeah, yeah. Loved that one. Loved um, that. They loved did a sort of body. like, uh, I don't know how you call it, like a, a bluey grey um sort of dress that it was kind of like it was kind of like um woven tool almost very ethereal yeah it ended up kind of looking like almost like cobwebs or whatever and then Mm. she had this kind of like spirally uh sort of fascinator just some amazing looks i thought from her across the whole Um, season actually i had to text an irish milliner called carol Canelli, who's Mm -hmm. based in kerry for i think it was episode two where Paolo had a hat that was butterflies, a headpiece yes. that was butterflies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that is very signature, Carol Canelli. Okay. And I took a picture and I sent it to her immediately going like, have you been dressing? And she came back saying, no, but she's now getting onto a stylist <laughs> because um, her stuff is so amazing and it would look so great on... On the Queens. Yeah, so then that ended up being the final. There was a lip sync smackdown. It was Precious versus Eva. Precious won. It was uh, Marina versus Silhouette. And Silhouette won. No, is that right? No. Marina Silhouette, won. make it to the final. Well, Marina won. Sorry, yeah, yeah. And there was yeah. Precious versus Marina um, in the final too. Um, I thought, you know, this wasn't like jinx monsoon and the finale of all winners where it was clearly she lost them but they wanted her to win anyway i actually felt the winner of each lip sync won fairly in this i think so i think marina did a really really great job and i think she genuinely did beat silhouette i also would not have been able to watch silhouette lose at the last fence and i'm not sure silhouette would have been able to do it either like I think they'd run out of tissues on set at that stage. So I think um they let Silhouette down at the right time, at the humane time. <laughs> Definitely. I think um do you know I'd love to have seen any of them win at the end, but I think the way the dice fell, completely happy with it. It was a reward for watching the 100 and no the 90 minute episodes that we had watched yeah definitely and like yeah episode you could have made a case for them to win and precious felt like she deserved to win based on what we saw in that final episode and she was worthy and the only thing was it really felt clear to me that they filmed multiple endings because her reaction to winning didn't seem that yeah impressed and what did we think of the little RuPaul joke at the end? And now RuPaul's going to announce... Rude! Rude! Stupid. So if you Just don't know, stupid. they basically, they throw to RuPaul to announce the winner and then RuPaul gets a phone call and ends up like chatting to Michelle Visage. So then they just end up going back into the room and Paolo announces the winner. And maybe... No, what what this what this bangs to me is Ru no, not wanting to have to record. The winner is... Lady Morgana, the winner is Gigi Era, and was like, no, I'm not doing it, I'll just do this instead. But also, I presume Rue shot all of 
um, their links yeah, in a day. earlier on in the season. So they would have had to get back into the same drag for continuity, blah, 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 blah. And couldn't wear a face skinny this time. Um, and so, as you say, couldn't be arsed. But also, I think I've seen Rue do the Mr. L visage on the other end of the phone gag before. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Like, so it's the same one. I just, like, you know, if, like, what you say is right. Like, everything we saw throughout the season from RuPaul was done in the same day. Mm. They could have made the decision to say, can you just say, and the winner, the Philippines' first track superstar is and go through all 12 queens and then whoever wins will play that version he didn't want yeah. to do that for whatever reason so then which I think is a bit rude like I don't know how much money he gets out of this franchise but like then just don't show him at all but also and and here's why I get up on my soapbox if you are prepared to have your credit going up as executive producer I'm sorry you've got to put in the work and actually that that was just something else that I thought about the very young queens um, who, you know, the likes of Minty Fresh saying, I don't, you know, if I've got to do too much work, I'm not that interested because they're probably, it's an era now where it's much easier to get something aesthetically changed or to do something very quick and easy. Whereas maybe some of the other queens are in it for the longer, harder slog, AKA the precious Paula Nichols. And so for that reason, it's nice to see a precious Paula and Nicole being rewarded for their 11 years of service, as opposed to giving it to, you know, a Marina Summers or a Minty Fresh. Because, like, I can guarantee you next year when you're a drag con, they'll all be trooping out. You know, they've got a career now. Definitely. And mm. I think I think I'd love to see in these international franchises because, you know, there's there's more of them coming out. I'd love if they even at the final three or four stage, had a segment of them, even on a video call to RuPaul. Get a little yeah. one-on-one, you know, via Zoom, chatting to RuPaul. Because we're so excited to see their reaction and it'd be interesting. Like, Ru won't care, but we don't care that he doesn't care. We're more excited to see them talk to RuPaul rather than this bullshit pre-recorded stilted chai that we're fed. Yeah, no, and also I think, you know, the world has moved on, you know, we're all Zooming, we're all FaceTiming, we're all doing of these things. So there are clever ways. Actually, do you know one really clever way they could have done it? And we haven't mentioned this. To be fair, because I'd say the Philippines budget was pretty tight. That back wall, the digital back wall. Yeah, that was brilliant. Oh my God, but wouldn't it have been amazing to have a bit of RuPaul flouncing around the back of that? You know, and 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 if there was a way, to, so it's not just, you know, the she'd already had hers, you know, the same thing, in, out, in, out, in, out. But make use of whatever the national, the country's USP is. And that blinking back wall of the stage, when it had the water. Waterfall, and- yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Beautiful. brilliant. For, if you haven't seen it, basically, instead of just it being a, a consistent back wall, they actually just had LED screens um, and they were able to project whatever they want on it, which I thought was a really clever touch. Yeah. <clears throat> this is on the runway by the way um i did notice when precious polypical got crowned she got her she got her crown tiara and she got a tiny scepter it was about the size of a pencil do you know i stopped watching once she had won <laughs> because i don't know why i'm 
I wouldn't You're like, I know wins now, right? right, let's go. And I didn't want to watch everyone's reactions because I actually thought Silhouette was really not going to take it yeah. too well. <laughs> but the budget probably couldn't stre- stretch to a big scepter. They'd probably spend it all on that back wall. Well, normally they get someone to sponsor the scepter, but they didn't seem to have it this time, so I don't know why. But they should get on to Newbridge Silverware. Yeah, they should. They give them a humdinger yeah, of a scepter. Absolutely. Yeah. Come here, do you know also what I noticed? Uh, and back to your theory about where did the last few episodes rounds of outfits come from? Did the returning queens look incredible? Yeah, this was this must have been all been their best rag or whatever. They all came out with really strong final looks, I thought. Except I thought for Corazon, who had repurposed her blue feather fan into a blue and white feather fan. Or blue and red, I think it was. Yeah, like that. yeah, yeah. There's a bit of repurposing going on <laughs> there. there. Was, there Everyone was, else, yeah. I thought. Maybe it was her, um, but there was somebody who I was like, that's not your best drag look, that was your pearls look, or that was your pink look, or something like that, that I was like, okay, for whatever reason you chose that one. But yeah. I'm going to have to go back and play it again now with that knowledge to see exactly what outfits were those outfits supposed to be. Uh, Speaking of which, what what were your favourite outfits of the season? Uh, The minty fresh one, definitely the the silver sequins from the boxing. I I love a sequin. My favourite colour is glitter. So anything with a glitter and a sequin, I'm only mad about. Um, And I think the beautiful um, red and gold high spendy outfit from Marina Summers and I I loved Venus Deluxe's pink face mask and I I love something that's a bit quirky big quirk fan and 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 so Venus Deluxe definitely take those boxes for me what about you uh number three is Venus Deluxe's look where her body was was not connected to her legs again I love that I I'm I'm I High in the concept, I love a concept, and that and it goes really Trump yeah, exactly. And the way she turned, I kind of wanted her to more on when she turned around, but she turned around to show her her naked back and was kind of you know this is the the curtain behind Wizard of Oz, which I kind of enjoyed as well. But then I kind of wanted her to turn around and walk backwards. Um, then I loved Minty's turno, like I mentioned earlier on, it was like kind of looked like it was made from origami swans or whatever and i'm going to share with you my favorite look of the whole season because i haven't mentioned it yet oh yes this yes. is evil queen in the first episode her turn oh she better don't in this lime green ruched uh, dress which kind of looks like it's ruched as a rose on her hip with long mint uh, gloves and uh, leggings that go into the shoe and like pearl necklace and pearl bracelets and then like an electric blue swerving wig I was obsessed with it a chartreuse beauty yes Oh, and actually, amazing. I'm just noticing her boots are kind of like those Balenciaga tribute kind of things that are like tights and boots. Mm, all in one. Yeah. Yeah. Rolled into one. And actually, isn't that wig, that beautiful, beautiful ultraviolet blue wig, isn't it just stunning? Yeah. Everything about it. And when she came out in this in the first episode, I was like, wow, what a contender. And like, she stayed up there for me as one of the, my favorite queens across the whole episode. And I was like, I'd be raging if I was her if this 
was the first look everyone had to see because like this is what this is the standard they're going to hold me towards and this is probably one of the best things she brought and i think it is one of the best things she brought so yeah I, look I, at I, that I face as well the makeup yeah. is beat, just beat, 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 beat. and you know it's actually quite subtle because she's gone for you know a nude lip as opposed to something too strong and mm. the eyes are kind of neutral as well beautiful yeah. loved beautiful it. so yeah so overall how would you summarize Drag Race Philippines for someone who hasn't watched it yet. And would you I recommend would, it? I would recommend it to persevere and go through. But do you know what? If you missed episodes four, five, and six, it wouldn't be the worst thing. <laughs> the two-in-one runway in episode six was good, I thought. Two-in-one. Was that the reveal? Yeah. Oh, God, no. Like... I know, I know they were like told it wasn't great, but I think that that mm. element of like, you know, feedback from the judges, I thought was a fun aspect to it. I think I agree with you. I would not watch any of the Untucked, even though there is selected drama. The 10th episode of Untucked is basically like a recap of the whole season of Untucked. Watch that. I think you'd be fine. Uh, I, I personally would watch... But I guess I'm the weird one who loves Googling obscure, well, not obscure, but like Filipino pop stars. So I enjoy episode four, five. Well, I suppose I was going to say I might do a keen on it and go 1.25. Yeah. Oh, that's that's thoroughly recommended. Yeah. Yeah. But then again, I might slow it down for anything with Paolo Ballesteros so I can, (laughs) the ride of the series. (laughs) Melanie, thank you so much for all your time and watching that episode and all your time this evening to go through that that, that franchise. Um, is there anything you'd like to share with us? You know, I would like to up? say thank you so much for indulging me. I have so enjoyed that. I started watching Drag Race during lockdown, like everybody else. Um, I had watched um, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and it mm-hmm. just wasn't doing anything for me. Okay. And one wet, miserable Tuesday, whatever it was, I switched on and I started on series one and literally went up to series 13, I think it was at the time, and absolutely became enraptured by it all. So, and thank you for keeping me company no with problem. all the yourself and then yourself and James previously, because um, at night there's nothing better than tuning in to see what you're noticing, because you do the best granular deep dive of all of them. And much and all, as I love Alaska and Willem, they're very hard to listen to at night. <laughs> well, good. I like I hope glad I have a soothing voice at, at night time. Absolutely. And soothing voice and great insights. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I'll get that and on the poster. <laughs> thank you so much to Melanie for that brilliant deep dive into Drag Race Philippines and for her to take the time to get through it all because it was a bit of an undertaking and she's a busy woman so I really appreciate it and I really appreciate you for supporting the show and joining us here in the workroom it is much appreciated and does not go unnoticed there probably won't be an episode next week in the bonus feed but there will be in two weeks time and it'll be about the wonderful Drag Race Belgique I should give you some time to catch up with it before our episode Until then, I'll talk to you really soon. Bye!